okay, and the idea behind this series is that as Christians, there is never going to be a moment so long as you walk with God where you arrive. So we, the series is created to remind us of that, okay? That, that you're, you're never going to be walking with Jesus and go from JV to varsity. Probably you'll go from JV to freshman team more than likely, but you're not going to varsity. And, and there's never going to be this moment as a Christian where you're going to have that graduation service and you're done growing in your relationship with Jesus. But rather, as we walk with him, what we discover is that we continue to grow. That we have to continue to put ourselves in positions where Jesus can speak to our hearts and where he can shape us and take things that don't belong and make them things that belong. And so the idea through this series is we want to talk about growth, but we want to talk about it through the fundamental elements of our faith. So we started several weeks ago by talking about how when you come to Jesus, you come to Jesus like a child. And the idea behind that is that when you come to him, you're not concerned with what other people think, but you come to him caring very deeply just about what he thinks. And that your ultimate aim is to please him, and that is what matters most. And then last week we talked about two really fundamental aspects of our faith. We talked about repentance, and we defined repentance as a continual turning away from acts that lead to death, turning towards Jesus. That, that it's one of those things where, yes, it is a moment in time where you, you turn and you become a Christian, but it's something that you have to continue to do as you desire to grow. And we also talked about faith, and we defined faith as confidence in who God is, and a willingness to do what God says. That if you're confident in who he is and you're willing to do what he says, then you are a person who possesses faith. And so this week we're going to talk about something that is fundamental to our relationship with God. And I will be the first to admit that it is, it's a little controversial, um, but I think that, that that's okay. And so what we're going to talk about this morning is we're going to talk about baptism, okay? So we're going to, we're going to talk about baptism. And and here's what I know, okay? I, I've been walking with Jesus for about 17 years now, and I've been in, in full-time ministry for about a decade. And here's what I can tell you from my experience is that if you've been doing this for a while, you've seen a lot of baptism services, haven't you? And if you've seen a lot of baptism services, you've probably seen weird stuff happen in a baptism service that did not go according to plan. Some of you are laughing because you're thinking specifically of something. So we were sitting in teaching team, kind of swapping some stories, and these are a few of the ones that I thought were kind of funny, okay? So um, one of the ladies on our teaching team, she was at a baptism service, and they were baptizing a woman in a river, and she was wearing a muumuu. Let's be honest, we all know how this story ends, don't we? I don't have to finish it, but I'm going to. And so there was a good thing that there were two people there to baptize this woman, and so they were able to hold the muumuu down while they held the woman down. And even then they said it was close and they, she got lucky that no one really saw what really was going on there. So that, that happened. Um, Ryan Garrett told this story that I thought was kind of funny. It was at his church back home. They were doing a baptism service and, and the pastor was trying to be smooth because that's what we do. And he, he was, it was a baptistry that was like built into the auditorium. 
And so the pastor's like saying a few words about baptism before he baptizes the baptism candidates. And he's standing at the top and he starts to walk in the, in the baptistry while he is talking. His feet are wet. He slips and falls and he was the first person to get baptized on that day. It really kills the mood when stuff like that happens, believe it or not. And this one makes me laugh. And, I, and so this is, this, someone's telling me the story. This is, this, this is the day they were baptized. And she did not find this out until she was baptized, um, after she was baptized. And so uh, it was an older church, and there were, like, bats that, like, lived in the ceiling, okay? The day of her baptism, they found dead bats in the baptistry. And so they thought, Let's just pull the bats out and we'll baptize the people and then we'll tell them about it afterwards. I don't think she has any special powers, but we're keeping an eye on her. Okay? Because you just never know. Like that's sometimes that's what goes on. And so <clears throat> if that ever happens at New Life, we will drain the water unless it's too close to the service and then we're just going to pull the bats out and we'll tell them afterwards. But, but I mean, it's something like stuff stuff happens. Like, it's one of those deals. It's this, this important aspect of our relationship with God. And because it happens so frequently, like, there's always going to be some stuff that happens where you're like, what a story. And so I want to talk about this today. And, and baptism is something that is incredibly fundamental and foundational to our relationship with God. And it's something that, that really, from time to time, it's really important for us to talk about. And we see this here as we use Hebrews 6 as kind of our, our flow for this series. Uh, the Hebrews 6, it's an ancient, like, a Jewish catechism. And so as people would put their faith in Jesus, these are the things that they would teach them right after they put their faith in Jesus. And so Hebrews 6, verse 1, it says this. It says, it says, Let us therefore move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that leads to death, faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. Now, I know some of you, you see that instruction about cleansing rites, and that's kind of what we're using to talk about baptism. I'll be honest, there are really two schools of thought on that. That if you look at... Um, like about, if you look at different translations of the Bible, half of them are going to translate that baptism, and then half of them are going to translate it instructions about cleansing rites. And so I didn't want to do something disingenuous and change my translation just to like serve my purpose. So I just want to make you aware there are two schools of thought, and I happen to fall into the school of thought that thinks it's talking about baptism. And so whether it is or not, I don't know if that's really that important, because what we'll find is that, honestly, baptism is a big part of the church. And, and, it, and this isn't the only place that it talks about it, and so we're just going gonna to dive in. But before we do, I, I'm well aware that with this topic, okay, there are three groups of people in this room, okay? There, there are those of you who have been baptized, okay? And my fear for you is that when you heard me say, I'm going to talk about baptism, you thought, great, baptism. I did that. I'm good. Well, good thing I got this mug. Like, that's what I'm afraid of, okay? So, and, and, and if that's what your thought is, if that is your initial thought, here's what I want to say. I'm so glad that you're here because what you're going to find is that there's way more to it than that. 
And if it is just something in your past that you don't think about regularly, then you really have, you're missing it. Okay, so, so there's that group. Then there's this group that I would say is in the middle. And your, your question this morning, as I say the word baptism, is, I wonder if my baptism counted. Like you look back on a time where you were baptized and you're like, I just, I don't know if mine counted. And so I'm going to, and, and that's, that's a fair question. Like you just, you know you did it, but you're not sure. And so you're in that camp. And then there's the third camp, and we'll just say it's this section. And, uh, and they're saying, you know, I, 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 haven't, I haven't been baptized. I don't really think I want to. And so then there's that group. Like, I just I don't know that I think it's really that important. Like, I just, whatever. And so if, if that's you, man, I'm so glad that you're here too. And so I'm going to try to address each group in the room. And the first group that I really want to look at is I want to look at that group that says, Okay, I, just, I don't think it's important. I don't think this is something that I need to do. So out the chute, I want to say this because we live in a culture that doesn't say this type of thing, okay? We can disagree and still be friends, okay? Our society says that we can't. That this isn't Facebook where we just fight and never talk again, okay? This is the church. This is where we fight and, and whatever. But, <clears throat> but so if that's you and you'd say, you know what? Ryan, I, I, just, I just don't know that I, I think that it's something that I need to do. I would simply say, and I'm the one with the microphone, not you, so sorry. But, but I would simply say, based on what? That if you really think that it's something that you don't need to do, I would just say, okay, what has led you to that conclusion? Because if you look at scripture, you're going to find that this is something that is very, very important and fundamental to a person's relationship with God. And so I just want to show you a few examples here. Uh, the first, and, and just make the case, like one of the reasons why we think that baptism is incredibly important is because it's something that Jesus did. And our, our goal is to be like Jesus. And we see that Jesus was baptized. Look at this in Matthew's gospel. Matthew chapter 3. It says, Then Jesus, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. So John's like, Jesus, like, really, you should be baptizing me. I shouldn't be baptizing you. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right, but we need to do it this way anyways. Because this is proper to fulfill all righteousness. And then as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. So this is something that Jesus did. And, and as you look at the context, what makes it compelling is a couple things. One is that, I mean, if you look at John, like John tried to talk him out of it. He said, no, you don't need to do that. 
you're Jesus. Like, you don't need to get baptized. You need to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, I do. This is something that I need to do. This will fulfill all righteousness. And not only that, you see that this was important that he did it, because how does the Father respond? He opens heaven and says, this is my son whom I love. It was a very important decision for him to make. And and as we say, hey, we want to be Christians. Like we are Christians. We are followers of Jesus. Part of that is that we live our lives the same way Jesus lived his. That we did a series uh, several months ago and we called it So Will I. And, And the idea behind it was, well, if Jesus did it, then so will I. And what baptism is, in its most basic function, it's a way for you to live your life just like Jesus. That it's a way for you to do something that he did. And and let's just be honest, this is a way easier thing to replicate than loving your neighbor. That loving your neighbor is hard, that it's something that you have to continue to battle. That baptism is something, it's a choice that you make and then you're, you're baptized. And so, so we do it, and we think it's important because Jesus did it. But what we'll see is that what Jesus' baptism did was it started a pattern that the early church fall, has followed ever since. That in the book of Acts, that this, here's what you see. Okay, so if you're wondering if your baptism counts, okay, this is the pattern of the book of Acts, is that people would put their faith in Jesus, and then they would get baptized. That there wasn't a lot of discussion about it. It was just the people would get saved and then they got baptized. And and I'm going to show you several verses. And what you're going to think is you're going to think that I've doctored it because there's so many where this happens. And if you think that, just look it up on your own. You'll see that I didn't. But so let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Okay, Peter preaches a message. People put their faith in Jesus. He preaches this great sermon. 3,000 people put their faith in Jesus. And this is the response. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and 3,000 were added to their number that day. So it's the first time you see it. They are saved, and then they get baptized. And then if we fast forward a little bit in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, there's a man who is a eunuch, okay? And he, he's ha- he, he puts his faith in Jesus, and after he puts his faith in Jesus, he goes for a walk, probably to process with the person who led him to Christ. And so they're they're walking. He just put his faith in Jesus. And he says, he says, as they travel along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here is some water. That's like me saying, look, this is a room. Look, here is some water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? What I love about that is it just seems nonchalant. Like they are just walking. And he's like, well water. I just got saved. You want to do this? And that's, that's kind of how it, how it goes. But there's some, sometimes there's this idea, okay, where people will say, like, I, I know it's something I need to do, but I want to wait till I'm ready. If you look at like that text, or you look at these kind of these texts that we're going to look at, in some ways it, it pushes against that. Because there wasn't really any teaching. There wasn't anybody waiting to prepare themselves or psych themselves up. 
that it was the guy got saved and he saw some water and he's like, hey, why don't you do this? And so it's something that is, okay, well, you get saved, you, get, you follow Jesus, and then you, you get baptized. And then, but here's some more. This is in Acts chapter 9, okay? This is Saul. He just puts his faith in Jesus, and then this happens. Immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes. There's a lot to that story. And he could see again. He gets up. He's a Christian now. He got up and was baptized. Two more. You're like, man, this is a lot. Yeah, I'm trying to make the point. Okay, Acts chapter 16. There's a revival in a prison, okay? Revival in a prison. Bunch of people get saved. This is what happens. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, he and all his household were what? They were baptized. Okay, one more. Acts 19. Acts 19, 5. These people are, they just they hear the gospel. They put their faith in Jesus. And this is verse 5. On hearing this, what did they hear? They heard the gospel they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. These are five different examples where the same thing happens. People put their faith in Jesus and they respond by getting baptized. Now, I know there are people in this room who would say, I, am not, I haven't done it. My guess, okay, my guess is that you're not sitting there saying, yeah, I'm not doing it because I don't want to be obedient to God's command. When he, does, when he says, I'm a Christian, but when he says something, I like to do the opposite. Like, that's probably not where you're coming from. Like, you can see that, that, that the text clearly shows that salvation, your next move is baptism, that, like, if you're saved like you're, and you haven't been baptized, your next move is baptism. I think you can see that. My guess is that if you're saying, I don't know that this is something that I want to do. I would guess that it maybe it's maybe for one of two reasons. Maybe you'd say, you know, I don't know that this is something I want to do because the idea of it is kind of embarrassing to you. That maybe you're sitting there and and you're like, you know, I would I would love to get baptized, but like people kind of see me as a spiritual person. And I don't want them to know that I haven't, like, done that yet. And, and, and if that is you, and if that's where you're coming from, I would just simply say, remember how Jesus says we're supposed to come to him? That we're supposed to come to him like a child. And, and with that is this idea that says, I don't really care what other people think about me. I just want you to be proud of me. But even if that is the case, even if you'd say, well, yeah, Let's just pretend that you, you are, like, it is an embarrassment thing, and, and, and you see the thing. I would just, I would maybe press on that a little bit and say, okay, let's assume everyone in this room is like you, okay? When have you ever saw someone get baptized and thought, what a loser? Like, when have you ever had that thought go through your mind? I thought they were more of a Christian than that. That's weird. Like, you don't think that way. Like, you think, you think even if it's somewhere where you thought maybe they were baptized, you think, man, that is so cool. And so, so what you're putting on them is this, okay? You're saying, yeah, well, when everyone sees me do it, they're going to think I'm an idiot, but they love it when everyone else does, which is just flawed logic, okay? So, so, so th that might be the reason. Maybe it's a, 
Maybe it's that part. Or maybe it's not the embarrassment thing, but the idea of the public nature of baptism. That's the part where you feel a little squeamish. You're a private person, and the idea of getting dunked in water in front of a bunch of people, it just, you just don't want to do that. And here's what I can say to you, okay? I get where you're coming from. I do. Like, I understand that. Like, I understand that, you know, that there's something about that. But I would just say, as much as I understand that, I want you, like, just kind of be aware that part of what makes baptism special is the fact that we do it in front of people. That there's something about doing that in front of people that adds a level of seriousness to it that wouldn't be there if you just did it with just me and you in a room. Because all these people are watching you do it, and as they watch you do it, like part of it is on us to hold you accountable to like mean what you said. I mean, because let's be honest, promises made behind closed doors don't mean as much as promises that are made in front of a bunch of people. Remember when I was, several years ago, I did this firework stand, okay? And I made $500 in 21 days. That is $23 a day, okay? It was one of the worst summers of my life. And as I'm sitting there with this guy whose company we were doing this with, boxing up thousands of dollars in merchandise, he grabs me, takes me aside into an office, and he says, you know, Ryan, you guys worked really hard. I'm going to get the company. I'm going to take the company, and I'm going to get him to give you an additional $3,000. There's three or $5,000. Just me and him alone in an office, he made that promise to me. You know, the story ended, I didn't get any money, okay? I really wish you would have made that promise in front of people. Because if you would have made that promise in front of people, he would have taken it more seriously, okay? That there's something about saying, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this in front of people, that says, you better be serious. Because there's something to that. Because all these people saw you say that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And if you're not living in a way that communicates that, well, part of their function is to keep you accountable to that decision that you said is yours. So I would just say that if you are here and you've not been baptized, I think you should think about it. And, and, and I say this every time I talk about baptism, and I will continue to say it unless I forget, that my belief is that the best time for you to get baptized is next weekend when we do it. And, and here's what I say. Maybe you're, you're like, okay, I see that. But you're coming up with all the reasons why this month isn't going to work and next month's going to be better. Okay? I'm going to be prophetic for a second. And I'm going to say, if you can come up with reasons why this month isn't going to work, you're going to be able to do the same next, the next month. And eventually you're going to talk yourself out of something that you know God wants you to do. It's just like ripping off a band-aid. You just need to do it. So, so I would say that to those who haven't. Now I want to speak to those who have, okay? If you have been baptized, I, I pray that it is, it is something that you can look back on and see it for what it is. That as I prepared this message, I felt incredibly convicted 
because I started thinking about how little I think about my baptism. It's something I never think about. I don't even remember very much about it. I think the guy who baptized me is now, like, not living. Like, that's all I really know about. I did it with some of my friends, and, like, I, I can't even go back in time. I don't know. And, and, I, and I hate that because I think that part of baptism is it's meant to be something that we look back on and are reminded of the goodness of God in our life as we think about it. I love the way James K.A. Smith says, this, says it, and he says it this way. He says, baptism. It's not just a picture. It also does something. It makes what it promises a new person and a new people. That it's significant, that it matters. And, and, and it's something that is really important. So if you've been baptized... We have to remember that not only has Jesus commanded us to do this, like to be baptized, but he also commands us to baptize. Look at this in, in, in Matthew 28. He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That he commands us to baptize. So some of that is going to flesh itself out through the local church. Like you might never physically be the one who does that. But you can fulfill this command. And it's something that if you have been baptized, that you should consider. That one of the ways that you can fulfill this command is if you know someone that hasn't been baptized, you can encourage them to do it. That you're being faithful to what Jesus asks you to do by doing that. That if you're here and you have kids, that one of the ways that you can live this command is by encouraging your kids to be baptized. That here's the thing, we have a hard rule, it's eight, you got to be eight to get baptized here at New Life. And so if they're younger than that, but I don't think that it's a bad thing for you to start talking to them about that while they're younger. That you should talk to your kids about baptism. You should explain to them why it's important. That maybe if they're older, you could have them watch this, this, this sermon, like it's going to be online. It's actually on Facebook right now, hey Facebook. Um, that you can watch it, you can talk about it, that it's something that you can, that you can do with your child. That in the loft, Ashley has a... She has a sheet of paper that she gives to all kids who want to get baptized that you can go through that with your child. And in doing that, you're fulfilling Jesus' command to baptize. That you can talk with your children about your baptism and how significant it was. You can talk to them about who was there, why it mattered, why it was important. Maybe some of you have kids who have been baptized that is a parent that it would be so important for you to remind your child about their baptism. Remind them why it was important. Remind them who was there. And in so doing, you're, you're helping it stick. You're helping it land. Because if we don't do that, then what happens is a baptism, is, it's something we've checked off our list, something we've done in time that we've moved on from and we don't think about anymore. Now, we have to be careful, because as important as baptism is, baptism does not save you. Baptism follows salvation. So you get baptized because you are a Christian, not to become a Christian. That's super important. And, and as you think about baptism, it's kind of like a marriage ceremony. That when Joanna and I came to an altar to get married, 
it wasn't at the altar where I decided I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. And if you're thinking about getting married, don't wait till that moment to make that decision. And so it, it, it wasn't there. I, I knew way before we were at the altar that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with Joanna. But the altar, that moment, that covenant ceremony in front of all of my friends and family, that took that decision that I made all those months or years prior, it took it to another level because of the ceremony and the people that were there. And that's baptism. Like there's, there's a picture of my wedding that will be on my desk until the day I retire, and then I'll find a place for it at my house. And that is baptism. That it's something that, that you should remember. That it's something that you should cherish. Because what baptism does is it puts you in front of a whole group of people, your church family, and it says, my relationship with Jesus is special. And it's so special that this is something that I'm going to do. And my prayer for you is that you would be able to draw up memories about your baptism and be reminded of God's grace that he showed you through allowing you to be baptized. And and the significance of baptism is huge, and you see it in, in Paul's letter to the church at Rome. This is what he says. This is probably some of the best like explanation on baptism. And you see it starting in verse 3. He says, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, that we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. What makes baptism so powerful is it's, it's an outward sign of an inward grace. So how can you know that you've committed to live your life for Jesus and do the same things that he's, to live your life in the same way he lived his. You can know because of your baptism. How can you know that you have died to sin? Because I'm going to tell you, there are going to be moments where you're going to question that. How can you know that you've died to sin? You can know because of your baptism. How can you know that someday you will die and and your fate will be the same as Jesus's and that though you will die, you will eventually raise? How can you know that? You can know because of your baptism. And as as I pray with people, when we baptize people, one of the things I always say is I say, there are going to be moments in your life where you're going to question whether or not your faith is real. That there are going to be moments where you're going to wonder if this really is meaningful. And I just pray that you'll remember this moment as evidence that your faith is real and that someday your fate will be the same as Jesus's. Because that is what makes baptism so beautiful. 
Let's pray. Have Thank a- you for watching our services. If you have questions or you would like more information, you can visit us online at nlspringfield.com. We'd also love to have you join us at one of our Sunday morning services. We have programs at 9.30 and 11 for adults, students, and kids. We hope to see you there.